today. Uh, it's worship weekend, and we're going to jump back into some worship. I think maybe we need to get rid of the song, You Reign Above It All, because God heard rain, and he's like, yeah, I'll rain. <laughs> but anyway, it's summer here in Seattle, liquid sunshine. Uh, hopefully you're having an incredible, incredible weekend. We're excited to have you here today. It's worship weekend. And I love worship weekend for so many reasons. I love worship weekend on so many levels. But I think the reason I love a moment like this is because I think it's important that we have times where we lay aside schedules, we lay aside agendas, we lay aside programs, and we simply come in and say, God, do whatever you want to do. God, you do whatever you want to do. Just move in this place. Move in our lives. James, the half-brother of Jesus, says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And there's something significant that happens when we draw near to God. He does respond and he uh, draws near to us. And so I love worship weekend. I also love our worship team. Can we give it up for this team? I'm so thankful for this team. I love it that this team has a heart for worship and of course a gift for worship because you really do need both. <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day. They said, the only thing you need to lead worship is a heart for worship. And I said, well, that's not true. Because if that were the case, I could lead worship, right? Because I have a heart for worship, but I don't have the gift. If I were to lead worship, all of you would be like this. You'd be like, because I can't sing, right? Scripture says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. I take that verse quite literal. Uh, when I lead worship, but I'm thankful for a worship team. They have a heart for worship and they have a gift for worship. One more time, can we give it up for this worship team? So thankful. Listen, I want to take a moment and we're going to launch uh, a new series this weekend, a series we're calling Summer in Psalms. Summer in Psalms. And if I could just be honest, I don't think I've ever been as excited about a summer series as I am this series. Uh, this series, our aim is not just that we would come and preach messages on Psalms on Sundays, although we'll do that. But our aim for this series is that we would experience Psalms throughout the course of the week, that we would experience the book of Psalms. And there's a couple things we're doing to do this. One of the things we're doing is we have a Bible reading plan that we want to encourage you to jump in and join us as we read through Psalms. In fact, uh, behind me, there's a QR code. You can scan that QR code with your phone as long as you have a smartphone. If you, if you have like the Razor, if you have like the 2007 Razor, good for you. I think it's worth about a million dollars right now. It's an antique, but that may not work. But if you have a smartphone, uh, you can go ahead and scan this and it, it will sign you up for our Bible reading plan. Uh, for Psalms. We encourage you, jump in, read the Psalms with us this uh, summer. Also on social media, we're going to have a weekly Devo, just calling it Thoughts on Psalms, that our pastors and teaching team are going to share some thoughts on Psalms. Listen, I think it's great we preach on Psalms on Sunday, but come on, the goal is not just for Sunday. The goal is that we experience the Word of God every day of the week. And so we want to create an environment. We want to create resources for you to jump in. And so we encourage you, sign up for our Psalms Bible reading plan. We are excited about this. A summer in Psalms. Summer in Psalms. And so this is what I thought we would do. Uh, before we start preaching out of Psalms, I just wanted to take today and share with you just a few things about the book of Psalms. Is that okay? 
share with you just an overview, a bit, a bit of foundation, maybe lay a framework for what Psalms is all about. I think this will kind of help us interpret, help us understand, and even apply the book of Psalms uh, to our life. And so I want to share with you uh, what I'm just going to simply call six M's of Psalms, six M's about Psalms. And these will be quick. Give me like 10, 12 minutes. I'll be done fast. Some of you are like, nah, no, I will. I will. I promise. Six M's about Psalms. Why am? I don't know. It's just kind of the way it came to me. Uh, I remember things better in sequence. I remember things better in acronyms. Any of you like that? You just remember things better like that? Besides, my name starts with the letter M, so I knew I would remember that. I cheer for the M's. At least I do when they're good. So I cheered for the Mariners in 2001, right? No, I'm just kidding. Pray for our Mariners. But I just want to share with you six M's about Psalms. Just six things about the the book of Psalms. The first thing it's good for us to know about Psalms is Psalms are a manual for prayer and worship. Psalms are a book. Psalms are a manual, if if, if you will, for prayer and worship. The Psalms are not just a book we read. The Psalms are a book we can pray. It's a book of prayer. In fact, we can say it like this. The Psalms were not just written to be read and said. The Psalms were also written to be prayed. They are prayers we can pray. And I encourage you this summer, don't just read the Psalms. Pray the Psalms. Pray the Psalms. One of the most powerful ways you can pray is to pray the Word of God over your life. And one of the best books you can start praying over your life is the book of Psalms. And when you're praying Psalms, I encourage you, personalize the Psalm. What does that mean? Well, whenever you're reading a Psalm, say you're reading Psalm 23.1, where David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I do not need a thing. Instead of reading it like that, say the Lord is Matt's shepherd, but don't say Matt because that's not your name. But the Lord is, say your name, your shepherd, Matt shall not want. Personalize it. Pray it. Why? Because it reminds us that this promise is not just general for us. This promise is also specific for you. And there's something powerful that happens when we take the Word of God and we don't just read it like a book, but we take the Word of God and we read it as the promises of God, as the prayers of God, and start declaring it over our life. And so the Psalms are a manual for prayer. Pray the Psalms. The Psalms are also a a manual, a book of worship songs. In fact, Pastor Stu and I, we were talking uh, last week about how the majority of worship songs we sing to today that we love are actually birthed out of Psalms. You may not realize it when you sing the lyrics, but as you sing the lyrics, a lot of those lyrics are prayers and worship songs from Psalms. Tim Keller, who's a very well-known theologian, modern-day theologian of our time, he calls the Psalms the songs of Jesus because Jesus worshiped to the Psalms. We see this on a number of occasions, but in Matthew 26 and in Mark 14, Jesus worships to the Psalms. It's the Last Supper. He's having communion with the disciples. They break the bread. They drink of the cup. And then after the meal, he steps away from the table, and we read they sing a hymn. Well, if you study that time, it was during the Passover, and the hymn they sang was known as the Halal, which is Psalms 113 through Psalms 118. And if Jesus worshiped to the Psalms, it's probably good that you and I do too, right? So the Psalms are a book. It's a manual for prayer and worship. The second M 
I gotta move through these. The second M is the Psalms are a master class on practical living. The Psalms are a master class on practical living. What's a master class? A master class is an expert course on a subject. And reading the Psalms is like going through an expert class on practical living and godly living. It's a practical book about how to live our lives. The Psalms help prepare you and I for every social, emotional, and spiritual condition we will face in life. I'll say that again. The Psalms help you and I prepare for every social, emotional, and spiritual condition that we will face in life. How many of you have ever had a bad day? Cool, there's like eight of us. We all want the rest of your lives whose hands aren't raised. I have bad days all the time. We have bad days. And if you've ever experienced a bad day, the Psalms were written for you. If you've ever experienced a bad week, the Psalms are written for you. If you've ever experienced a bad season, the Psalms are written for you. And the Psalms help prepare you and I for every social, emotional, and spiritual condition we face. It's a master class, if you will, on practical living. The third M, the Psalms are a mirror into our soul. The Psalms are a mirror into what's going on in our soul. What does a mirror do? A mirror reflects things, doesn't it? It reveals things. Sometimes you look in the mirror like, eh, sometimes you're like, oh, but it, it reveals things, doesn't it? But the book of Psalms does the same thing. The Psalms is a mirror for us to see what's going on in our soul. I can't tell you how many times I feel like I have a heavy heart or a heavy soul, and I'm not sure why, but I will read through the Psalms, and the psalmist will articulate into words, express into words perfectly what I'm feeling. And I wasn't able to express it, but the psalmist did. And I'm able to see what's going on in my soul. And then once you know what's going on in your soul, you can begin to speak the word of God over your soul. Psalms 43, 5, David says, why are you downcast, O my soul? He starts speaking to his soul. Church, I think sometimes the reason we stay down, the reason we remain unhappy in life, is we spend too much time just listening to our soul and not enough time speaking, declaring the word of God over our soul. There's a time you have to listen and seek and see what's going on, and then there's a time you have to declare the word of God. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why are you down when the Lord is your God? And he reigns above it all. So it's a mirror into our soul. I love, uh, I love the Psalms because it helps reveal what's going on in our soul. The fourth thing, I'm going to go through these. The Psalms are a medicine to our heart. You'll find the book of Psalms is a medicine to your heart. About four weeks ago, I was sick, wasn't feeling good, and I was thankful for medicine. Helped me feel a lot better. And my favorite medicine when I'm sick is NyQuil. Anyone else? NyQuil will help you get your Z's. That's what they say. And, and listen, buy stock in NyQuil. They're never going out of business. It is good. <laughs> help me sleep. 
But the same way medicine helps us feel better when we're sick, I think the Psalms, they're medicine to our heart. That when your heart is hurting, it's Psalms that kind of helps bring healing to your heart. Maybe not right away, but over time. When you're, when you're suffering, it, it's the Psalms that bring soothing to your soul as these are prayers, these are worship songs to God. And Psalms is a medicine to our heart. A couple more of these. How about this? The Psalms are a map to God. The Psalms are a map to God. How many of you use a digital map, uh, Apple Maps, when you're driving, or Google Maps? My family, we would be lost forever <laughs> if we did not have Apple Maps. I remember when uh, one of my daughters first started driving. Uh, by the way, it's my middle daughter, Stella's 18th birthday today, so I'm just giving her a shout out. Shameless plug. But uh, one of my daughters, when she started driving, her phone was dying and it wouldn't charge. And so she calls me. And she's like, Dad, uh, my phone's dying. I don't know where I am. Where am I? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, share a landmark with me or, or a sign. My, funny, my, my whole family's funny. Uh, uh, my, my wife, my wife the other day, no lie, this happened. This has nothing to do with my message, but this is still, I just want you to join in this fun with me. I was driving, and I'm talking to my wife. She's on, I, she was driving. I was home. And she calls me, and we're talking. And then all of a sudden, she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And I'm like, oh no, are you okay? Were you in an accident? Are you hurt? She's like, no, I just saw the cutest golden retriever. <laughs> and I'm like, well, don't do that, <laughs> right? My, my wife will like freak out if she sees a golden retriever or it's an accident. I never know. So... Anyway, I don't know why I shared that. I just thought you would enjoy that moment with me. But, but back to maps, back to digital maps. What I love, love, love about Apple Maps is when I take a wrong turn, it automatically reroutes me. It automatically reroutes me and it puts me back on my destination, wherever I'm heading. And the Psalms, the Word of God as a whole, but the Psalms especially do just that. Church in life, we'll take some wrong turns, won't we? But it's the word of God. For this context, it's the book of Psalms that reroutes us. As we're reading it, as we're staying in it, it reroutes us and places us right back on our destination, which is seeking God. And the Psalms are a map that lead us right back to God. You'll read the Psalms and you'll love the authenticity of David and the psalmists and those who write because they're so honest. They're so transparent. They'll, they'll write things like, God, where are you? Any of you ever prayed that prayer? God, wh why have you abandoned me? God, where are you at? But by the end of the psalm, usually they're declaring, but my trust is in you. Usually they're declaring, but my eyes are fixed on you. They're declaring, you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. My trust, my faith, my life, my heart is in you. Why? Because the Psalms are a map that lead us right back to God. That we can be honest, we can be transparent before God, but then we place God as our destination once again. And we say, but Lord, my eyes are on you. 
And then the last M, the last M, I'll close with this one. The Psalms are a way for us to model the life of Jesus. The Psalms are a way for us to model the life of Jesus. You may not know this, but Jesus quotes the book of Psalms more than any other book in the Bible. Jesus quotes the Psalms more than any other book in the Bible. In fact, many scholars, many theologians believe Jesus had all 150 of the Psalms memorized. Jesus' final words, some of his final moments on the cross, he quotes the Psalms. He prays the Psalms. Psalms 22.1, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Many don't know this, but that's actually something David wrote thousands of years before. That's a prophecy that Jesus prays on the cross. And if Jesus saw the Psalms as important, how much more should we, as followers of Jesus, see the Psalms as important and utilize them, not just in our study and our reading, but in our prayer time, in our time of worship? If you would, stand up with me uh, today. I want to share with you just one psalm today, and then we're going to go into a couple worship songs, and then we have ice cream waiting for you because it's 45 degrees and pouring down rain. And so we thought that would be best. <laughs> but, but, but Psalms 106, verse 1, a very familiar psalm. Uh, it's a powerful psalm. And it reads this. It reads, praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. That phrase, praise the Lord, actually is a Hebrew word, hallelujah. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. So ultimately, the psalmist says, hallelujah, and then he says, give thanks to the Lord. Can I tell you, it's impossible to worship without giving thanks to God. Giving thanks has to be part of our worship. And for the next few moments, wherever you're at, you can sit down, you can stand up, whatever posture you prefer. But let's take a moment and let's give thanks to God for all he's done. Thank him for, your, for his provision. Thank him for your family. Thank him for your friends. Thank him for taking care of you. Thank him that we have air in our lungs today, that we're alive today. And then it says, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he's good. Because he's good. We live in a world where bad things happen, but may we never forget that God is good all the time. He's good, and he's been good to us. And then it says his love endures forever. We read those things and we just kind of have them go in one ear out the other. But sometimes we feel loveless. Sometimes we think, how can God love me? Look what I've done. Look how I slipped up. Look at my past. Look at all these things that I've done. His love endures forever for you. Romans 8 says nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so as we worship if you want to sing the lyrics, you can, but let's just have a few moments where we give thanks to God, where we remember He is good, and that we let His love saturate us, pour over us today, that we remember His love is real, and His love is here for us. Let's take a moment, let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you that you're here right now, that you're with us, and we worship you, and we worship you not because we're good. We worship you because you've been so good to us. We give thanks to you. We take the next few moments and we thank you. We have a heart of thanksgiving. We have a heart of gratitude. We thank you for who you are and what you've done. 
Lord, we thank you that you're a good God, that you rule and reign over everything, that even in a world where bad things happen, God, we thank you that you're a God who's good and your nature is good. We thank you that your love endures forever, that even when we fall short and maybe we're not love worthy, you love us anyway. And we remember that today. We take time, we worship you. We thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives. 